Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, today, family, we're starting a new series. We're starting a new series entitled The Struggle is Real, But dot 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 i love it y'all I, I i can't wait to get into this series today and what we're going to do with this essentially when we're walking through the series we're going to be looking at different struggles that we all deal with in one way or another and the reason why is because i believe that in the season of pandemic uh that that, that god i believe he's he's not only uh, trying to pull or draw men and women to himself, but he's also doing something within our hearts. He's working on our hearts and he wants to shape and form us back into the image he created us in the beginning. God's up to something, family. And hear me, I don't want us to miss a second of it. I, I don't want to miss any of it. So throughout this series, I, I want to I grapple with some of the, the deep thoughts or things that exist within our hearts. Some of those passions and those lies that we believe that drive us. I want to go into those deep spaces. I don't want to miss anything that God might have for us in this season. Amen? Amen. So if you got a Bible, go ahead and meet me in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. I wish you were with me. I'd ask you if you got it, but I'm going to trust that you got it. Philippians 2, verse 12 through 13. Hear now the reading of God's word. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The very word of God. Amen. Today, I want to preach on the topic, the process, the process. Before we go any further, would you just pray with me? Father, I just ask right now, one thing, that you would hide me behind your cross so that you may be lifted up. Let me decrease, Lord, so you can increase in this place. Father, we need to hear from you. We thank you for this time. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, y'all said, amen. Well, during this season of COVID-19, there are many things that we can contemplate or think on. And, and one, one, of, one of the things we have to ask ourselves in this season is, who do I want to be during COVID-19? The second question we got to ask ourselves is, who do I want to be after COVID-19? Who do I want to be during COVID-19 and who do I want to be after COVID-19? There was this diagram that the University of Colorado, they put together and they're asking this question where it started with different circles. And in the first circle, it, it starts with this question. And then outside of that, it, it trickles into the fear circle. And then it goes, it progresses now to the learning circle. And then after the learning circle, it gets to the growth circle. Take a look at this diagram with me as we walk through it. I, I want you to read along as I just kind of pull out a few of them. They asked the question, who do I want to be during COVID-19? For instance, someone may ask this question starting with spreading their emotions about fear and anger. And that trickles into the learning phase. And when they get to the learning phase, they're starting to identify their emotions. And then in the growth phase, watch this, they're now empathetic towards themselves and others. 
You'll see that. Another one is it starts with I grab food and toilet paper and medications that I don't need. Y'all, we all did that in this season. And then it goes into the learning circle. They, they start to give up what they can't control. And then in the, in the growth circle, the last circle, they start thinking of others and see how to help other people. Now, hear me. There are many more, as you look at this diagram, many more that we can walk through. But one common theme is that you see someone start with a pretty self-absorbed point of view. It's even selfish point of view in the fear zone. But as they progress and grow, their outlook becomes about others. Don't miss that. It moves from themselves to others. Don't miss it because because if I could spiritualize this diagram for just a moment, it's kind of like the Christian. It's kind of like when we come to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when we come to know Jesus, we're usually more self-absorbed. We're always thinking about what we need to give up, what we need to do. How can I be a better person? I want to be more like Jesus. I want, I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. But as we grow and learn more about Jesus, how he walked, how he talked, how he hung out with people, his life in general, family, watch what happens. He starts to work in us. And now naturally we come to think of ourselves less and we start to think of other people more. But hear me, just in case you missed that progression, this whole process starts with a true introspective look at where we really are. It starts with us. So, so hear me, the, the question I, I want us to ponder as we get into this series is how is God moving in this season? And I want you to make it a little bit more personal. How is God moving in my life in this season? How, how's he moving? I want you to ask that question. And, and hear me, in order to answer that question, like, truthfully, one has to be honest and then let God begin to work in their heart and bring them, them to himself. He has to work in their heart. Because here's the reality. It's kind of like when Isaiah comes face to face with God in Isaiah chapter six. When he comes face to face with God, he doesn't say anything, but he starts, he says, woe is me. He doesn't say anything outside of noticing his inadequacies. He says, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of an unclean people. And in that moment, God purges his sin. He cleanses him and then he uses him. Don't miss that family. Hear me. God does not waste a crisis. God never wastes a crisis. There is something he wants to do and it's something he wants to do in his church and in our hearts. So hear me, family. If God never wastes a crisis, that means that we shouldn't waste a crisis. So let's not get caught up looking all around past this pandemic and to this thing and that thing, wishing that it's over. I can't wait to get out of it. Look, I, I get it. I, I'm there, too. I, I, I want it to be over, too. I'm honest with you. I, I don't want to be here forever either. I want to get out of it. But hear me. Don't miss what God might want to be doing, might, might want to do in your heart or my heart. Hear me. Let's not miss that. It, it may be something that he wants to free us from. It may be something that he's trying to protect us from. It, it, it may be something, family, hear me, that he's trying to teach us. Let's not miss what God is doing in this season. He's doing something. As Winston Churchill, he said once before, he said the same way, he said, never waste a good crisis never waste a good crisis so in this I want you and I I want us to do some some heart work 
I, I want us to do some heart work together. I want us to ask some tough, some very hard questions. And I, I, I even want to dive into some spaces in our hearts that we don't like going. Spaces that we, we may might not have ever ventured into. I want to dive into those places again. Ask the question, who do I want to be during COVID-19? Who do I want to be after COVID-19? What is God doing in my life in this season? So today I want to begin to answer that question. And in order to do that, we, we have to understand how God uh, begins to work in us. We have to understand this process of God working in us because hear me, it's not I just accept Jesus and I'm good. It's also not I accept Jesus and now that I got Jesus, I can start working and living in my own strength, doing what I want to do. No, 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 hear me. That's not how salvation works. That's not how this process works. God draws us to himself. He saves us, but then he doesn't leave us. He continues to work in us and through us until the day we meet him in, in, in heaven. Family, God is with us from the beginning to the end. He does not leave nor forsake us. Amen. So let, let's jump into the text before I, keep, before I get too far off preaching. Let, let's get into the text. At the beginning of the text in Philippians, looking at verse 12, there, there's this word, therefore. Look at it with me. Y'all see that word, therefore? It's the first word. That word, therefore, indicates that what is about to be said in this passage is a thought that's carrying over or following the preceding verses before, verses 1 through 11. And we got to take a look at verses 1 through 11. The reason why is because we need to know where we're going. Because that word, therefore, is letting us know that there's something before that. And what we have before in those preceding verses is the ultimate example of humility, Christ humility. Paul begins in chapter two by saying, if there is any encouragement, look at it. Verse one, if there's any encouragement in Christ or any comfort from love or any participation in the spirit, hear me. Basically, Paul, what he's trying to do is he's trying to draw the readers in close. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to bring you back to this remembrance of what Christ has done on our behalf when he gave up his life on the cross for sinners. He's trying to bring us back in. He says, have that same mind or spirit as Christ. In essence, as he mentions in verse four, he's saying, let each of you not look to its own interest, interest, but look to the interests of other people. Verse five, he says very plainly, look at it. He says, have this mind among yourselves. Don't miss it, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Have this mind amongst yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, friends, the verbiage or the language in here that as Paul's using this here in these verses, it's very important because Paul is saying, pay attention to Christ. He's saying, be like him, imitate him. Don't miss that. He doesn't say be Christ. No, 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 no. He doesn't say be him. In fact, he says, have the same mind, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, this is key because sometimes, family, it, it can be very tough to start to consider other people, especially in times like this. If, if we're honest, it, it's tough to think outside of ourselves in times like today. If, for instance, it, it, it's funny to me, and, and I still don't get it, y'all. I still don't get it. When COVID-19 hit, why everybody ran to the store, and out of everything we could buy, we bought toilet paper. Toilet paper. 
Like, like I'm going to be on the toilet all day long. Come on now, for real. I'm from the hood, y'all. And if I run out of toilet paper, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to take a shower or something. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make sure I'm clean. But, 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 but what really will happen is that some of us got 100 rolls of toilet paper at home and some people don't have any. See, and, and here's the problem. When you only think about yourself, it actually causes more anxiety. Don't miss that. When you just think about yourself, it actually causes more anxiety because somewhere along the line, you will come to the realization that it doesn't matter how much I strive to be great or much. Uh, 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 it doesn't matter how much stuff I have or, or how strong I am or, or all. If I think I have all that I need. No, no. Here's the reality. You're still going to need more. You'll never be satisfied. That's why some of us, family, I'm about to be all up in someone's kitchen. That's why some of us have all this food in our pantry that's going to expire before we eat it. I know I'm all up in your pantry. I see it. We got all this food. And then there's some people out here starving that don't have any food. But hear me. Because on the other side, there's something fulfilling to considering others. Ooh. there's something fulfilling to it. You, you know why? Because deep down within us, we're formed in the image of God. All of us formed in the image of God. We're formed, which means that, that we, were, we were made to think like him and where we think about others because God, don't miss this, he thought about us first when he made us. He thought outside of himself and made us. He didn't need us, but he did it anyway. Uh, maybe you can't get with that as we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ last week. Look, Jesus steps out of heaven, born in the likeness of men. He gives up all he has and he dies on the cross for people like you and me. At the time, we're enemies of the cross. We're, we're sinners. He, again, steps outside of himself and does something for other people. Don't miss where I'm going with this family. Hear me. We weren't made to just serve ourselves. So therefore, it will never be fulfilling. So let me encourage you in this time of COVID-19 right now. Let me encourage you. Let me challenge you right now in this time of COVID-19. Look to see how you can serve other people. And maybe you have finances. You still have a job right now. You still have some resources. Give to Renewal Cares right now so you can help take care of other people in our church. You can help take care of people in the city. Maybe that's not you. Maybe you don't have any finances. Maybe you can serve someone by delivering groceries. Maybe you can serve somebody by doing some kind of hospitable act. Maybe you can't do either one. Maybe you don't have any resources. Maybe you can't get out your house. You can't serve anybody. But here's the deal. All of us got phones. We can all pick up the phone and say something nice to somebody. We, we can be plain old nice. We get in our car and drive by and just wave our hand. I, it'll make somebody's day. Family, it breaks my heart when I pick up the newspaper and I read about all the racism and the hatred in the midst of this pandemic. You got black and brown people dying more than any other race because of the food deserts or the delivery service not accepting government assistance when in reality that the historic racism has created these same, these divides. The redlining it's, it's pushed these people in these certain areas where they don't have what they need. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you can't get with that one. I read another article this week and I was reading about the hatred towards Asians. 
in Texas, one of them was stabbed. You know why? Because we're, we're, people are blaming Asians and Asian Americans for, for COVID-19. What? We don't really know where this came from. Everybody's still trying to figure it out. We're trying to guess. But here's the thing that we do know. We do know that hatred, racism, blaming other people, that's not going to get us out of this. But what will get us out of this is come, us coming together, us loving one another, us caring for one another. Th that's why Paul says in the text, have the mind of Christ. Think of others more than yourself. But I know, I know, I know someone is still asking, well, why serve in this time? Why? I, I, need, I, I need help too. I, why serve? Hear me. The only reason we can still ask this question, why, or even think the thought of why, hear me, is because God thought of us first. It's because Jesus died for us when we weren't even born. Don't miss where I'm going with this family. See, I believe Paul in this text, he knows, Philippians 2, he knows we still would be asking this question, why? Because if we're honest, I'm with you, we can be a little selfish. Self-absorbed, think of ourselves, we can be there if we're honest this morning. So Paul, knowing this, because he's human too, he knows it too. He, so, what, so Paul says, he's, he continues into this chapter 2 in verse 6, and he says, look, let, let me give you a pretty vivid picture of how Christ did this thing. He tells us that Christ being born in the form of man, he, he says, look, God, he, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grass. So he steps out of heaven, comes down here, he's born in the form of man, in the likeness of man as a servant or a slave, lowering himself to that posture to serve men like us, to die for men and women like you and me. Now see, hear me, we read past this really quickly, I think sometimes, and we don't understand the magnitude of really what's taking place in these verses. These verses are extremely important because as we walk into a series where we're discussing struggles and these deep heart longings and these idols that exist within us, it's important to understand what Christ already has done on our behalf. And with that, it's important to understand that Christ is still working in us. He's still forming. He's still messing. He's still shaping our hearts to bring us back to this place where he wants us, where God wants us. It's for his goodwill. He's still working in us for his goodwill. Now, family, I believe, hear me, that many of us miss this. And I'm not just talking about believers. I'm talking about non-believers and believers a lot. We miss the magnitude of what's really going on here. As non-believers, y'all, we, we miss it because we're, we're living our lives. We're doing what we want to do. We're living for our own glory. Even if we serve somebody, it's a, I did that, I did this, I did that. But as believers... We're supposed to be different. I mean, we think we're supposed to have the mind of Christ. But y'all, in reality, we, 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 we fall back to the old ways, too. We fall back to those selfish ways, too. And we start doing things in our own power, leaning into our own strength instead of remembering what God did for us when he sent Jesus to die on the cross. for. We, we, stop, we stop living in light of what Jesus did and we start living in light of ourselves again. This is why Paul reminds us in Romans 1, 17, he says, look, look, the believer doesn't just believe 
by faith. You're not just saved by faith, but then the believer has to walk by faith. In fact, his exact words are this. Some of y'all know this. Romans 1, 17. The righteous will live by faith. Hear me. Walking with Jesus is not like the in and out quickie mark. Some of y'all know what I mean. The in and out quickie mark is the place. You don't hang out at the in and out quickie mark. You don't hang at the corner store because it's a dangerous place. That's where everybody else is hanging out. You go in that place and you get what you want and you leave. That's not like your relationship with Jesus. No, 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 no. Your relationship with Jesus, walking with Jesus, is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon, which is important to understand because what is happening right here in this text as we walk through with his family, hear me, hear me, is that because of sin, God is forming, God is shaping us back into the image he created us in, which is holy which hear me again, because, because sin still exists in this world. It ain't gone. It still exists. Even when Jesus died, sin still exists in this world, which means our problems, our own struggles will always plague us until the day we die, which then and then only, if we believe, we'll meet Jesus in heaven and we'll be totally removed from this body, from this, this earth, from this sin, and we'll be united with Christ if we believe. But friends, hear me. Knowing that, that sin still exists, problems still exist, that doesn't mean that we walk around without hope. But, but instead, we're to believe. We're to remain faithful and hopeful because to dwell with, watch this, and to believe in Jesus means that there is a hope outside of this life. There is a hope that's bigger and better than what we can see. Y'all don't miss this. So, so to walk by faith is to trust in Jesus where his promises have never failed. They've never come back void, which means that we have hope in him that far outweighs any problems that we may come up against here on this earth. So the believer can say to COVID-19, no, 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 you ain't going to have power over my emotions. No, I still have hope in Jesus. I may have lost my job, but I'm not down and out. I still have hope in Jesus. My finances are running low. Nope. I still have hope in Jesus. Family, hear me. To believe and to trust in Jesus is to constantly remain hopeful because you know what he's already done on the cross for you. It is finished. He rose from that grave. He has power. He has victory. So we can still have hope in Jesus. Paul says in verses 6 through 11, Jesus leaves heaven, a place where he was equal to God. He comes as a servant. He dies on the cross for others. And that God now has highly exalted him high above all things to the point to where at, at, at Jesus's name, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth then he ends in verse 11 he says in every tongue acknowledge that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father family now the key as we get into the two verses i read at the beginning the two verses today these verses hear me will serve as verses that we will use throughout this whole series they're very important but hear me, I know I spent a lot of time on those first 11 verses. Y'all don't miss why I did that. I spent a lot of time on those first 11 verses because Paul 
He's trying hard to get us to understand that when we serve and when we live in a, from a posture of humility, God will take notice and be glorified. Hear me, hear me. When we live from a posture of humility, God will take notice and be glorified. How do I know this? Well, when you look at this passage, you look at this passage. It doesn't say Christ was lifted up when he only thought of himself. It doesn't say that Christ was lifted up and exalted when he was prideful. No, I, I, I can read the scriptures. I can survey them. It does not say that anywhere. No, no. Christ is lifted up and exalted or exalted when he gifts himself up. Don't miss that. That's good. He's lifted up when he gives himself up. Paul says, have that same mind. James 4, 6 tells us, as many other passages do, look at it with me. It says, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now hear me. This should cause a question to linger in your minds right now. Because it's an awesome truth that my humility glorifies God, but how does that help me walk in this life, Pastor? Pastor, I, I can't be walking around being weak. No, 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 no. It's a dog-eat-dog world out here. I, I can't be weak, Pastor. Well, well, hear me, because therein lies the, the common misconception. Here's the great misconception, because being humble does not mean being weak. To be humble is not to be weak. In actuality, when, when you're humble, you're at your strongest. I don't miss that. See, part of having humility is being able to acknowledge you can't make it on your own and then submitting to someone who can help you make it. Y'all missing this. You're missing where I'm going with this. And see, that's the problem with many of us. Here, here's the problem. This is why we're not humble. You know why? Follow me. I'm about to get all up in somebody's living room right now. Hear me. We have submitted ourselves to the wrong person or thing and we've been taken advantage of. So when it comes to God, we're now carrying all that baggage into our relationship with God, not submitting to him. We're keeping the shell over our hearts and we're treating him all types of wrong. We're treating him like that ex-boyfriend. We're treating him like that ex-girlfriend. They did you wrong, so we're going to do God wrong. Look, 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 we're treating them like that dad that left us. Treating them like that mom that, that wasn't there for us. We're coming to God with all this baggage because of how we've been, we've submitted to the wrong one and we've been taken advantage of. And God all the while is like, just trust me. I'm right here. I'm not like all those other people. I'm not. I'm right here. I love you. It's like he told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, when Paul is, he's in this fight with his flesh. He's continually fighting his flesh against this thorn in his flesh, this thorn that's plaguing him. God, God says basically to him, Paul, it's okay to be weak with me. It's okay to be weak. It's okay, son, not to have it all together you in fact his, his words are these look at these words with me God says to Paul he says my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness 
My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Don't miss those words. Family, this is key to understand because hear me, if, if you've missed it earlier as I've walked through this, God, not only through Jesus, has saved us, but he's continually working in us. He saved us from a sin, but he's now working in us to continually free us from sin, period. He wants to transform us back into the image he created us humans in in the beginning. So hear me, when you get to verse 4 in this text, when he, I mean verse 12 in the text, when he, when he says, work out your salvation, verse 12, he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What Paul is saying, don't miss it, is endure the process while keeping reverence for God. Endure the process while keeping reverence for God. Basically, he's saying, he's saying, don't miss it. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get lost along the way and forget that God is the one doing the work in you. Don't get lost and, and start thinking that it's, I, I got the strength, I got the power to get through it. No, no, no. It's God still working in you. Family, again, we believe by faith, but then we also walk by faith. It doesn't stop. This is why Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I love these verses. He says this, look at it. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Look at these words. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hear me, family. Sanctification or the process of walking out your faith as a believer don't miss this. It's far more about God doing a work in your heart and through you than it is about you and your own strength trying to conquer sin. Salvation is far more about God doing a good work in you and through you than it is about you and your own strength trying to conquer sin. See, too many of us out here trying to struggle with our sin and, and, and trying to conquer it by ourselves. Now, now, we don't have that power by ourselves. It's God working in us. Hear me, sin will plague us in some form or fashion till the day we die. But hear me, friends, that's not for us to walk around with our heads held low as if we have no hope. But instead, it's to keep us trusting in God as opposed to leaning into our own strength. That's why Paul ends in verse 13. He says, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure, not ours, but his good pleasure because in his good pleasure yeah we find pleasure hear me as we come to the end right now family I know that during this season it can be easy to just look over what's happening right now with COVID-19 what's happening in our world and think about when will it end but I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you right now in this season, family. Don't miss what God might have for you right now. Don't miss what God might be doing in your heart. He may be saying, and you hear me, he may be saying, look, I want a relationship with you. I'm here. Believe in me. I want you to get to know me. I want to get to know you. This is, God may be saying that to you. Look, look, let's get this relationship thing right while, we'll have, while we have time right now. Believe in me. I gave my life up for you. I, I gave my, my son. Jesus died on the cross for you. I gave up all I had. He died. He was buried. He rose with power in his hands for you. He's saying, let's get this relationship thing right. Believe. Trust me. 
He, he may be saying to somebody else, though, I just need you to slow down. I got your attention right now. You can't leave your house. Slow down. Pick up my word. I, I know you believe, but pick up my word and, and, and get back in it. Read and, 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 and get to know me more. Our young adults minister here, uh, director here, his name is Tony Dentman. He, he told me, he said, D, I'm trying to read the Bible in 60 days because I need to reconnect with God. Family, maybe that's you. Maybe you need to do the same thing. Jump into the scriptures. He may be saying to someone else, though, look, there's this thing in your life that's continually plaguing you. There's this sin, there's this problem, this vice. It's something in your life. I need to free you from that. I, I, I need to help you find fulfillment. I need to get you out of that porn problem. And maybe you're struggling with loneliness. Maybe it's you're struggling with your, your singleness. Maybe you're working too much. There's some other vice that's holding. It's got its grip on you. And Jesus is saying, look, 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 I got you. Stop searching for satisfaction in this thing or that person. I'm right here. Trust me. Leave. I got you. Friends, if you're in any of those places or it's just something in you right now, you, you want God to do a work in you, you can click that live prayer button at the, at the bottom of the screen. Somebody will pray with you right now. Friends, hear me. Because here's the reality. I don't know what God may be saying to you right now. But I do know this. He's definitely got all of our attention. And hear me. It'd be a waste of a season. It'd be a waste of a season and we would just remain sorrowful if we didn't just stop and say, God, what are you doing right now? God, what are you trying to do in me? What do you want to do through me, God? How are you moving in this season, God? It'd be a waste of a season if we didn't stop and ask that question. Family, I can't wait to journey through this series with you. I hope you're excited to jump in with me. This is what I want you to do. I want you to get a journal and I want you to write every day. And I want you to ask God, what are you doing in my life in this season? Doesn't have to be long. Just write a paragraph, whatever God is speaking, and, and, and read the word of God. Let's take a season to stop and listen. It would be a waste if we didn't take advantage of this and hear what God might be saying to us. Y'all, God is up to something. And hear me, I, I know the struggle is real right now. But hear me, God is greater. Let's not miss what he's doing right now in this season. Again, I know the struggle is real, but God is greater. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. God, thank you for your love your mercy and your grace. God, we even thank you in the midst of hard times 
We thank you that you're still here. We thank you that you're a God that's present and listens. So God, I pray right now that you will continue to have your hand over us. That you lead us back to you if we're far from you. God, that you commune with us and pull us close. God, let us not miss what you are saying and how you're moving in this season. We all need you, Lord. So we come asking and begging you to move on our behalf. To do a work in our hearts in this season. God, we love you. And it's in your mighty name that we all said together. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.